Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Curse me, Rose. Run for your life. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us for Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. This week we continue with our YouTube focus, but we're going to take a look at YouTube from a slightly different angle. Carla Harris is the social bard, a consultant who focuses on helping businesses and creators grow their YouTube and online video audiences by helping direct more traffic and activity to their video content. How effective is Carla? Well, since she started consulting with the How to Be a Great Game Master channel on YouTube in March 2016, their subscriber numbers have risen over 2,083% and they're currently sitting on over 11,000 subscribers. We chatted to Carla about her path to geekery, her background in the dramatic arts, and we get the skinny on how she met one of the most iconic figures in the world. We pass this over to Franku and the Diva for their rating. Franku, what did the Diva have to say? The Diva has enjoyed this podcast and rates it... Completely salt-free. Thank you very much to Franku and the Diva for that rating, but for now, without any further ado, please join me, Les Allen, as we release the geek with the social bard, Carla Harris. And now, we're releasing the geek. So we're setting them up to crush them at a later point. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. like, I'm really cool until you watch me. Then you're like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Let's get the cough out of the way. All right, Carla Harris. Yeah, Liz yeah. Allen. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's me. Uh, and Carla Harris is you. Yes. Carla Harris, what was your path to geekdom? How did it start for you? Um, I think basically it's it's bizarre because I came from a <laughs> It's a shopping center in Egypt. Uh, yeah. Um, I came from a small town that like is super jock filled. Oh right. And mm -hmm. you know, no one is geeky out in the open there. Not yeah. not because people will beat you up, but because there's no one else to do geeky things with. I mean uh -huh. The geekiest thing I did with my friends was we used to walk really fast home from school so that we would be in time to catch Pokemon. What, what was the name <laughs> of this town? Alberton. Alberton. You from, say a small From LA, Lower Alberton. Lower um, Alberton. <laughs> Lower Alberton. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. Which so is in Johannesburg South. Yes, yeah. So think um, like small, small, um, small town syndromes, vibes. Even though it's actually not that small. Right. But yeah, so we used to rush home to watch Pokemon and then I took my door cred another level when I, um, for my friend's birthday, drew every single Pokemon and Ooh. built him a, like a paper Pokeball Ooh. and gave it to him. Very cool. And then yeah, so I used to just like read and play RPGs by myself because also internet was not RPGs a thing. RPGs by yourself? Yeah, uh, so PC RPGs. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and then... Um, now where, where did the interest come from? Were you always interested in fantasy sci-fi? Yeah, always. Uh, the kind of books I read was always fantasy and mm -hmm. um, those kinds of genres. So like David Gemmell and then obviously uh, Harry Potter and... You've, you've cut straight to my heart with Gemmell. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I always read those things and mm -hmm. I, I didn't know uh, like games outside of... PC games and RPG mm -hmm. and outside of books yep. existed. 
the parental units, were they supportive of this? Did they encourage this? Were they an influence? Oh, my, par- my, my parental units are, are very much, they're like a nonfiction uh-huh. kind of things. Um, but <laughs> you say the, that with clenched jaw. Yeah, no, because my mom loves crime books and oh, I just, right. I can't, I'm like, the world's lank depressing. We don't need to. <laughs> and, and, and my dad, uh, he likes, um, so like motivational, like business books right. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they were super supportive. I mean, they let me be an actor for nine years. So <laughs> they're very supportive parents, sure. but they, it wasn't in their wheelhouse at all. Right. So, yeah. Um, Cause they actually also came from the military and I don't think like their Both families were military families. Oh, and, um, okay. Which is weird because, um, for how to be a great game master, which we run yep. our Patreon, ninety nine percent from the military. So I'm like, is this really? where you all learn to play D and D? And it makes sense because if you're out and about and you want to relax or have downtime, D and D needs very little, mm-hmm. which you could take with you wherever you go. Sure. Okay. So, so yeah, that's so, really interesting. Apparently, overseas military is on likes D and D, and South African military is like. What are D and D? No. What are they? What are it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want a thesis on the prevalence of role-playing systems and role-playing in military. games in the military. I actually feel like that would be a very deep thing, and I that know I'm actually going to chat to one of our patrons. That would be fascinating. He he would be, know quite a lot about it. He's very cool. Please do. Yeah. Um, and then basically, I went to a drama school, mm-hmm. and so I was. Acting Why and then, drama? <laughs> I I guess I just never wanted is to that, do anything what, else. The, the the bright lights, big city attracted you away from Albert, and that this is <laughs> this is this is the way out of the small town. The way, the way out I'm of hearing the, Journey starting yeah, up in the background. Just a small town. Girl. I actually have "Don't Stop Believing" tattooed on me. Yeah, on my side. I've on got the side, words really? "Don't Stop Believing" from I Journey. I did not know. That's it's my totem song. It's your totem song. <laughs> Also, my totem animal is just a small town girl. Oh, it's not uh, Steve. Living in a lonely world. Okay, sorry. So it's, the totem animal is not Steve, the, the lead singer from uh, Journey. Okay. Well, I mean, if he doesn't shave. Oh, then, then he, he can be an animal. Mean, yeah, yeah okay. pretty much. Yeah. Wait, so where did acting come from? Um, uh, I was... <laughs> My parents made me do like, not made me, I wanted to do everything. And yeah. then they were like, since you've started it, you need to do it. So I did... Dancing, gymnastics, karate, netball, uh, soccer, and then also drama. And then I was just really good at it. And mm-hmm. I liked it. It's, it's a break from... Because I'm actually very quite... Uh, like, I want people to like me and things like that. So mm-hmm. acting is a break from worrying about what people think, weirdly. Because sure. <laughs> they're, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking, thinking about, about the character. Else, right. and, and so on. So yeah, okay. so mm-hmm. it's cool. And then I always wanted study? to do that. I went to the National School of the Arts, uh-huh. and I then went into their program where um, you only do drama. Mm-hmm. So you, after grade nine, you just do drama. You don't um, do like maths and science. So technically, mm-hmm. I don't have them a trick. Shh, secrets. Um, and then I. That's okay. I don't have them a trick either. Oh well, snaps. Yeah. And then I went but to. I, I teach. didn't do school here, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'd for, reverse that snap. For the sorry, I take my snap back. For the overseas listeners, the matric is the equivalent of your high school graduation here in South Africa. 
Yeah, so I've got a technical um, diploma vibe. Uh-huh. And then I went to... Uh, diploma sounds much better than a matric. does. It does sound fancy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went to the Tswana University of Technology, where I also did drama. So mm-hmm. I min-maxed my character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I... Charisma score off the charts. Charisma score off the charts. Um, intellect, not so much. Um, did you use int as a dump stat? Yeah, int was my dump stat. Okay. I mean, like, who needs money in int? Well, if you've got charisma, you can always, yeah. Well, you know, you don't get money, you get mm-hmm. exchanges. Like, so, work for exposure, mm-hmm. work for your bidding at the end. Gotcha. I mean, yes. that's the typical D&D Typical bardic storyline, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll work for food and bedding. Yeah, I'll tell a good story and give me some beer and food and a bed. Yeah, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that means you have to do it every day. True. You've got to work for your living. Yeah. Unless you get employed by the king or the queen. That's true. Mm-hmm. But lest I, we don't have a king or queen here. Was your idea that you wanted to be a professional actor? Yeah, my idea was I wanted to be a professional actor. The like actual full-blown dream was to mm-hmm. work for the Royal Shakespeare Company, was the, the actual dream. And I ended up being a full-time theater actor. Mm-hmm. I toured the continent. I got to meet Nelson Mandela and Bill Clinton in Nelson Mandela's home. We watched Modern Family. It was the surrealist, coolest, strangest day of my life. I watched Modern Family with the Mandelas. I was like, you don't, you don't just throw that in as an anecdote. (laughs) Um, What? Um, I used to, I was performing for a really cool show. Guys, please go check them out and support the show. What's the show? Side plug. Um, It's called Walking Tall. Right. So it's a show created by the Paleontological Scientific Trust, mm-hmm. AKA PAST, in South Africa. They Did they do that just to get the acronym? They did, nice. it's great. Good. Um, and they do a traveling show for um, schools and adults, mm-hmm. teaching about evolution. Mm-hmm. And basically from the beginning of the earth till today, um, in 45 minutes in physical theater with an our question and answer session afterwards on okay. science and evolution. Cool. And so um, one of Nelson Mandela's grandchildren in Darba, who mm-hmm. was like, I have such a huge crush on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the giantest crush on this man. Um, he owns a foundation called Africa Rising. And he partnered with PAST to, to share the show and share the knowledge because one of the biggest things the show was trying to teach was to teach African children that everything started in Africa so we can make things amazing. We don't just need tech from the West or not everything awesome comes from the West. We can start awesome things here. Are you saying he's the the role model for T'Challa, Black Panther, Wakanda? Yes, he would. And if you look at him, he's very, he's very sexy and he sounds just like Nelson Mandela. He apparently, uh-huh. he apparently looks like Nelson Mandela in his 20s. And wow. he's like six foot four or something. He's uh-huh. super uh, fangirl, like him so much. Gotcha. <laughs> well, it sounded like he was doing something constructive. Yeah, he, uh, he does a lot of um, work on trying to raise African children and of all colors mm-hmm. and all all walks of life sure. to realize that Africa is the next place to mm-hmm. be. Yes. And it was the first place to be. 
So um, we, he wanted us to perform at, um, perform at a festival for mm-hmm. his um, grandfather's birthday right. in Kunu. So we performed at schools around Actually there. Actually down in the, West, in the Eastern Cape. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. And I was just, it was the most bizarre day. So we drove there and uh, because it's quite a rural, it's extremely rural, mm-hmm. um, there's no street signs and the GPS doesn't work. So we drove into, there was like this one moderately large house, possibly an estate with like three people, three houses, you thought. So we drove in there and we're like, okay, we're just going to ask the security guard, like if he knows where the school is. Drive in and the security guard's like, hello, good morning. We're like, hello, good morning. We're looking for the school. He's like, no, no worries. It's over there. And he's like, just turn around in our parking lot. You can drive out. Now, um, I don't know if other people have experienced this, and for overseas listeners, I don't know if it's the same overseas, but mm-hmm. yeah, if you drive to an estate in like one of the, actually an estate anyway, the security guards don't let you turn around mm-hmm. in the estate. They're like, you need to reverse because yes. you're not getting in here. Move the four cars behind you that you've backed up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was Nelson Mandela's house. Oh. We drove into his like parking lot and his security guard was like, hi, nice to meet you guys. Turn around drive out that's very cool so we drove out we went to the school we Mm -hmm. had like a really great performance and um so we had a a fossil replica Mm -hmm. of the town child which we wanted to give to nelson Mandela. and we said to indaba we're like okay here's this gift you know oh but it would be really cool if we could you know give it to him ourselves (laughs) he's like okay cool I'll, i'll find out phones he and then he's like okay guys we'll we'll go for lunch Went there. Um, How many were you? Uh, so it was myself, Chris, and Buntu. Okay. So we three were three. Yep. Three of us. So we go, we park, and we're like, hello, security guard guy that we saw <laughs> earlier. It's us. We're back. Um, we we walked, have an invite this yes, time. Yeah, we're invited. <laughs> um, we walked into his house. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. It was the most insane, insane day of my life. Um, as you walk into his house on the right, mm-hmm. there's like a small, almost, it almost looks like an RDP house. Mm-hmm. And on the left, it's like a, it's, a, it's not like a very fat, it's like a middle upper class house. It's mm-hmm. not like insanely extravagant. Mm-hmm. Um, the house on the right is actually an exact replica of the house he lived in when he left prison. Wow. He rebuilt that house to remind himself of what it was like. Mm-hmm. So it was an exact replica. He even got the dimensions from the town plan, from the planner and everything. Wow. So we went into his normal house and mm-hmm. as I said, it's not extravagant and, and there was a dining room on the left, like a formal mm-hmm. dining room and um, him and Bill Clinton and a couple of other people were eating there. And huh. we got walked through to the lounge. And um, in the lounge, there was also like another little dining room, you know, like you have in your house where you're... And his um, other granddaughter was sitting there. And we had mukhodu. My first time I had tripe was at Nelson Mandela's And we had lunch. Mm-hmm. And Indaba came and he's like... And he sat with his grandfather and he's like, listen, um, he's just busy with... You know, with people that he... With a guy, some yeah. guy, some blow-in. Um, but we'll, we'll introduce you when, mm-hmm. when he has time. And we're like, no, no worries. Thank you so much for having us. 
And then, uh, and then lunch was finished, and they were yeah. still um, still busy because uh, shame. At that point, I think Nelson Mandela passed away a year later. He was okay. he was very like it was it was shocking how right. ill he was. Um, so it took him a long time to eat and talk, and because mm-hmm. he he's old and ill. Um, so we were sitting on the couch with. Another one of the grandchildren mm-hmm. watching Modern Family. We were watching Modern Family together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Indava comes and he's like, quickly, quickly, I want to introduce you to someone. We're like, okay. We walk into the, uh, into the passage and he's like, this is Bill Clinton. And I was like, I was not, ex- hello, Bill Clinton. <laughs> Shakes the hand, mm-hmm. hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. Took, and he's like, take photos quickly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he feels so good. <laughs> you have a photo of you with Bill Clinton. I do, I wow. do. And then, um, and then we watch some more Modern Family. Uh-huh. See, I'm thinking <laughs> that that photo should be a good teaser for the podcast when it drops. I, Guys, I can if give you want to hear the story about this photo, you need to listen to this. Yeah, that's very cool. And then mm-hmm. um, we, after a, another like probably an hour, mm-hmm. we. We got walked into the formal dining room, yeah. and we got to meet Nelson Mandela himself. It was like there's indescribable, and at the same time also heart wrenching because at, by that time he was he was very old. I don't think people wanted to share how sickly he was, mm-hmm. but. Um, Okay, Liz, you're going to have to help me here because I'm very bad with um, directions. But mm-hmm. So from this wall yep. to the end of that table, mm-hmm. it took him 10 minutes to cross that with a Zimmer frame. You're talking like five meters? Yeah. Wow. It took him like 10 minutes to m- progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and Grassa was there, Grassa Mattel. That's, she's mm-hmm. an amazing woman. I mean, anyone who's, ma- <laughs> who's mm-hmm. been and supported and been the backbone for two amazing presidents is... Mm-hmm. Um, and he shook our hands and we gave him the fossil skull and he was very, very impressed with that. Or he was very polite. <laughs> Either or. Um, and shame, we had to repeat ourselves once or twice. Mm-hmm. And he spoke very softly, but it was just... Mm-hmm. The surrealist, surrealist day of my life. So as much as I was making lots of money as an actor, I had experiences that no one else, didn't, no amount of money could have bought me. Right. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, as a side, as a tige, like super tangent. So I was already into acting and mm-hmm. I was dating a super jockey dude and, um, Bless his heart, wonderful dude. And we went to the... Not med- a gamer. Not a gamer not a at all. Okay. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And then I saw an advert for Medieval Fair uh-huh. from one of like my acting friends. Yes. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to Medieval Fair. And then I saw LARPers there. And I'm like, you get to hit people with buffer weapons. I am into this like you will not believe. Is that how it started? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I picked up a pamphlet for Boffer, and then I saw a pamphlet for a political LARP mm-hmm. called, uh, it was Vampire the Masquerade. Blood and Gold. Yes. Blood and Gold. So, and I had played Vampire the Masquerade, the PC game. Yes. So I was like, what? These things exist? Best day ever. So um, I joined there and then, 
as I think is a very common um, story for female gamers, mm-hmm. uh, me and the ex broke up. Um, and I started seeing someone in the gaming community and then he introduced me to tabletop role playing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I've now insinuated myself and be like, hey guys, I don't, you know, hey guys, I'd also mm-hmm. like to play just mm-hmm. out of my own. I'd mm-hmm. like to play Dungeons and Dragons or sure. Pathfinder or Fate or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it took me a long time to get there, but I was always super into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and Sean were actually talking about Xena yesterday. I used to like on Sundays, Xena yes. and Hercules were like the thing. I couldn't. I couldn't. What? Lucy Lawless I, is everything. No, no. Lucy, Lucy Lawless is fantastic. Xena was, Xena was more okay than Hercules. It took, it took me a while to get over the campiness. I'm, I'm a, canon, a canonic guy, mm. so I couldn't do the X-Men cartoon. I'd uh. read the comics. It's like, why is Changeling still there? Uh. Why is Morph there? He died in X Men Thirty Four. Why is that? This is not right. I couldn't. I couldn't uh. do it. So, with the the whole campy nature of Hercules and Aeolus, his sidekick, and um, look, there's only so many times you can watch forty two minutes of Kevin Sorbo beating up Maoris. Um, well, I mean... And woo. sorry, Zena, Zena as well. Sorry, Lucy Lawless. <laughs> I could watch Lulu, Lucy Lawless beat up people for I long. could actually watch Lucy Lawless watch beat up for, people. But, like, um, yeah, the whole... Her, I'd, live, I'd w- watch a 24-hour live stream of that. <laughs> <laughs> Please make this happen. And yeah, or we could, we could loop a stream, I'm sure. So, I, yeah, <laughs> it, it took me a while to accept, look, there are other versions of the And once I, once I figured out this how to overcome this cognitive dissonance, then, then I could accept these shows. Ah. See, mm-hmm. I luckily, well, or unluckily, I, th- I guess it depends. Mm-hmm. Comics were not such a big thing because there were no comic stores where I lived. Right. Um, the most Which I would is different is, now. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Now there's some really awesome ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get like maybe issue one of, no, issue like 73 of Catwoman and then mm-hmm. issue 120. Five, mm-hmm. which bothers me because I'm like, I want to read a story sure. in sync. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I only started actually reading comics properly now mm-hmm. since um, Sean has been like, okay, this is a good mm-hmm. set sure. to get. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Good influence to have. Yes, yeah. So I used to read mm-hmm. graphic novels because I was mm-hmm. like, the story is once and then I don't have to worry about finding it again because mm-hmm. in Elberton you won't. Gotcha. <laughs> You've now decided that RPGs are your thing, and you like RPGs. How does this translate to Bacon Battalion? <laughs> to Bacon, generally everything comes back to Bacon. Everything should come back it to should, Bacon. It should, it should. Yeah. Um, so isn't, isn't Bacon like the 42nd element on the periodic table? Yeah, I, I believe so. That sounds like science. Yeah, that's, somebody said it on the internet once, so it's true. Well, someone said it now, so <laughs> there you That's go, Wikipedia, Bacon Wikipedia. It's a podcast, so it has even more legitimacy. Yeah, because, you know, we're too afraid to show our faces. That's our real, like, we stand behind these things. Stand behind my voice. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically, um, I wanted to play a game with my friends mm-hmm. and play a game that I liked. 
But I also thought, and myself along with Guy, who runs Bacon Battalion and How to Be a Great Game Master, we thought, well, if we're going to be playing it anyway, and he has a channel that discusses how to be a great game master, Mm -hmm. he could use Bacon as examples of how he does game master so people aren't just like, oh, you're saying all these things, but you've probably never game mastered a game in your life. Mm -hmm. So as a... Proof of concept, but also we just get to have fun and play a game with our friends. Sure. And weirdly, the fact that it was recorded meant everyone was much more... um, Controlled? uh, Committed to Ah. the game. Not that anyone's uncommitted to normal games, but you know, sometimes you're like, oh, life, I can't make tonight's Mm -hmm. gaming session. And then when one person can't make it, then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, I actually also have stuff to do. And then it goes three weeks and and you haven't played. Right. So that was cool. It made everyone more like committed to play because we were like, guys, we have to release a video. Mm-hmm. And we figured if people don't like it, cool, then we'll just keep playing without filming it. And if people do like it, then we'll just keep playing. Cool. <laughs> so it worked out well. Very cool. Yeah. How long ago did Bacon start? Um, a year. It's been running a year now. It's been a year? Yeah. Wow. Very, very, we had our year anniversary, oddly, on the 14th of February, so Aww. happy yeah. heart day. Does that mean, what, you you dropped your first video on, on Valentine's Day or you recorded it? Uh, we, re- we recorded it and we dropped in that week, okay. in the week of Valentine's. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, you and Sean <laughs> and Sia and Cynthia. Sin and Cynthia, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sentences. That's how you spent your Valentine's Day 2016. And Guy. And Guy. Yes. Don't forget yeah. our fifth wheel guy. Well, yeah, Guy was there, but but Guy is running solo here. He's coordinating everything. He's running solo. Yeah. It's mm. like he it's like he ran a, like a date night with us. <laughs> date night how, where we, we shoot do, each other in the chest with arrows. How do we turn that into like speed dating, speed RPGing? Speed RPGing. To, to actually see. But throw the RPG as the option down. So you you sit down at a table with a potential paramour, say, right, I'm playing a human cleric. What character would you take to be complementary to me? Actually using the the RPG as the, the focus and the filter. Well, I would through. then I would then say everyone needs to start with yeah. I'm playing a fighter. Because if you're playing a cleric, the other person can play whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But if you say you're playing a fighter, then you'll start to know. Because if they're like, I'm also going to be a fighter, you could be like, oh, okay, so that means they want to go into what the fray with me. Yeah. But if they say a cleric, you're like, oh, this one wants to Back heal up. me and look mm-hmm. after me. And if oh, they yeah, say, so, <laughs> so you see, you're... Yeah, that can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they, if they say like mm-hmm. sorcerer, a.k.a. necromancer, then you're like, yeah, nice meeting you. Uh, so, necro, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Good to meet you. Nice. Is your, is your ex-girlfriend still alive or... Is define alive. Like, mm-hmm. did you murder her? Is she in your basement? Yeah. Is Raising, she coming back? Raising a family is a different idea here. Yeah. As an aside, I totally love playing sorcerers <laughs> as well. So, shame. If you don't see hear, see or hear from Sean, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Totally he fine. fine. He's totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> when did the idea come about that you would help with the social media for Bacon? Um, I always started doing it mm-hmm. because... Yep. Um, once I decided I wanted to actually earn a living and not mm-hmm. eat two-minute noodles for the rest of my life, being an actor, I went into marketing. Right. 
And so I just immediately off the bat did bacon and how to be a great game master's sure. marketing and social yeah. media and running their YouTube. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What were the first key lessons you learned? What was, what was the biggest <laughs> lesson, you, you, you know, that one that was like, oh, what did I just do? What was the biggest lesson? Um, I think luckily, touch wood, um, there has never been... Nothing catastrophic. Nothing catastrophic. Nothing of like, oh my gosh, what did I do? But there, there have been points where I'm like, oh cool, I'm really glad I did that. <laughs> so um, I would think definitely, and I, everyone says this, but it, it really, really is true. Mm -hmm. All content being equal, consistency. And even if you miss something, just put something up. So we sure. missed an episode because internet is shocking here. Mm -hmm. So we recorded on our phone just to like, hey guys, we're really sorry, it is coming. And mm -hmm. people appreciated that. We had yeah. someone write to us and say, guys, we don't know what your channel is, but the fact that you're apologizing that you didn't do a video, we're gonna sub and see. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, oh, that's cool. cool. That's so yeah, cool. so I think definitely consistency and talking to the people who, mm -hmm. who leave comments on your videos. Right. Um, people have always complimented on us. Mm -hmm. On that and thanked us for that because they take the time to try and talk to you. Sure. The least you can do is try and talk to them back. Mm -hmm. And especially if they if you run a channel like How to Be a Great Game Master, that's a tutorial channel. So they're asking questions, they're they mm -hmm. want information. Sure. So I would say consistency and talking back to the people who are watching. And mm -hmm. whether that's one person or ten thousand people, you know. Mm -hmm do it but eventually you're going to have to get someone to manage that to manage that replying to comments admirable how do you handle a troll comment um luckily we haven't had i wouldn't call them trolls mm -hmm. the people we've had um uh and i think it's our niche mm -hmm. i think it's definitely our niche because i was watching a twitch stream and it was for uh, computer gamers. And I'm like, you guys, tough crowd here, hey? Right. <laughs> it's rough up in here. Mm -hmm. um, but we did release a video. Um, Guy did a video on how to play a female uh, character right. in role-playing. And now Guy is a, obviously a male mm -hmm. and a, a gay male. Mm -hmm. And so he, he was putting forward that, yes, every person is a person is a person but at the same time at your table i don't want to have to keep asking you sorry les what you're playing a woman right mm -hmm. okay because that affects how you interact yes. and as much as we don't want that to be the case it is always the case and so he was saying use some stereotypical elements of a female inverted commas mm -hmm. or feminine persuasion and Use that to help other players and your game master know that you're playing a female. Right. Whether you are yourself an actual, mm -hmm. a female, a male, um, designated at birth female, you know, all those kinds of things. And we got messages like, you're going to lose half your female subscriber base because, weirdly, our female subscriber base went up after wow. that video. Um, and people saying, we think you're totally wrong. And... Mm -hmm. How can you say that that's what female are like? People are people. They love that George R. R. Martin quote, that how one of, um, how do you, someone asked him, how do you write female characters? And mm -hmm. he's like, I write them like people. So that, I think we got that comment like 30 how, times. How many 
How many of those commenters were women? Um, I would think, I would think just from our analytics, um, 5% of, so our analytics, 95% of our viewership is male mm-hmm. and 5% is female. So I would assume similar, sure. but we got more comments from females on that video than mm-hmm. ever before on our okay. other videos. Right. But how we dealt with them in inverted commas as trolls, they weren't trying to be mean. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get a point across. But also at the same time, some of them were very adamant about that point and were upset by what Guy had said. Right. So when we spoke to them and we were like, cool, we see your point and this is our point and thank you for making this a mm-hmm. thing. People appreciated that. Mm-hmm. So I would say, and then we did a how to play a male character the week after. So, sure. you know, might as well do everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, but from a, like a YouTube viewpoint, not everyone's audience is as nice as that. Mm-hmm. I would say, if you're dealing with trolls, remember whatever they're saying, they took the time to say that to you. So you've affected their life. Mm-hmm. So take it with a pinch of salt and they're trying to get a rise out of you. So don't rise to that occasion, but also don't ignore them because as soon as you blatantly ignore someone, it makes it a thing. Right. So I would say if someone's super trolly to you, just be like, cool, thank you for your opinion. I'll take it into account. Or do a little bit of self-deprecating if that's how you work. So sure. guy, someone mentioned that guy sweats a lot. He, shame, he really does. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's hot. I'm fat. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> and never Honestly, again. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if they comment on your channel and they say really racist, homophobic, scary things, mm-hmm. don't entertain that at all. Remove that comment and but say on your channel, hey guys, I've removed the comment from user mm-hmm. blah, 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 because they, um, and you don't have to say because they're mean and they may hurt my feelings, but mm-hmm. because they were saying things that are totally socially unacceptable sure. and totally unacceptable generally. Mm-hmm. So I removed their comments. Mm-hmm. Because if you just remove someone's comment, the internet will always have that comment and they'll be like, Carla just removes comments that she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So best way to deal with it is speak to them and be like, I see you making fun of me. Mm -hmm. Don't think I don't know you exist. Mm -hmm. But don't be like, no, I'm not fat. That's their opinion. Mm -hmm. That's their opinion. And your friends and family can tell you honestly if like, yes, guy, shame, you do sweat a lot. (laughs) The channel has just hit 10,000 subscribers. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very Very stoked. It's an impressive number. Yeah. At what point in this process did you think, I want to make this my focus and turn this into my living? So where was the origin story of Social Bot? Um, I think it happened about three months ago. Uh-huh. So what I do to upload videos is I look at other channels and I watch other channels because A, I find their content useful. And I find them useful, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, YouTube as much as if you want to make it a business and if you want to provide content that's good, you need to watch what other people are doing so that you don't put out the exact same content because what are you going to do? Yes. 
Um, so I was looking and I saw to myself that a lot of the other channels had great content, but weren't doing any of the kind of behind the scenes things that would make their content show up more. Cause yeah. I was watching channels like taking 20 and I was watching the DMs guild and I, and I thought to myself, why are you guys not getting more views? Your content's really good. <laughs> and it's because they didn't have that behind the scenes uh, base to build off of, which helps people find you. Mm -hmm. And then I also went to the YouTube SSA awards and I was speaking to some of the people I met there and they also seem to have really cool channels. And I was like, okay, so do you guys know about this? Do you know about that? Do you know, but, and like what, give me an example. Um, so I asked, do you guys know about influencer deals? Do you guys use your t tags and your mm -hmm. SEO? And they looked at me very confused. And I just thought, in South Africa, YouTube is such a huge opportunity, especially mm. now that we've got fiber and we've got internet rolling out to everyone and YouTube is letting people save videos offline in South Africa. It's such a big opportunity for so many people to make even a little bit of money, but because it's in dollars, if you make $10, that's 130 Rand. It's not, it's 130 Rand. Mm. It's, so it's more, it's plenty of two minute noodles. Yeah. It's hey, that's two minute noodles for the whole month nearly. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it's such a cool way and such a creative way to, to build an impact, build an income and mm -hmm. share, share your life with people mm -hmm. outside of it. And I felt South Africans and South African YouTubers are are not utilizing that to their most right. because even the Ameri even the overseas YouTubers mm -hmm. are not doing it. And I don't want our only success stories to be like the one in one in a hundred to be the Casper Lee, to be Grant Hines. Well done, dude. I'm mm -hmm. moving. Yeah, Congratulations. Saw, saw his video. Congratulations, Grant. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we want more people so that they can all support each other mm -hmm. so that we can be like in next year or in four months time, a new YouTuber is like, Hey guys, I'm also making like big changes, making YouTube my full-time job. And you know, I'm collaborating with Grant, I'm collaborating mm -hmm. with Casper, I'm collaborating overseas. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm really excited with the possibilities it provides and it provides for younger people and it provides for people with a creative edge that mm -hmm. I feel also probably came from my acting of the thing of, I have so much creativity to share and no one will know. So here's a way to do it. Right. Where do you, where do you see Social Bard helping? So um, the plan is I want to do consulting. So mm -hmm. I want to help and teach creators as well as brands um, how to make their content findable mm -hmm. and quality content that people actually want to watch and mm -hmm. actually want to be a part of that community. So right. I believe in this thing called I'm calling it this. I don't know if anyone's called it this before, but I call it the share economy. So mm -hmm. a place where you give something to your audience and they will want to give you something in return. Mm -hmm. And that can be money. That can be comments. That can be sending you little plushies. It's this place where we're moving from that. Everyone's trying to get something out of everybody. We're mm -hmm. moving to a point where I'm giving you something freely and you're giving me something freely in return because you appreciate what I do. A collaborative economy. 
a collaborative economy and a, an economy that super like <laughs> super <laughs> like woo bourgeois kind of vibe, but mm -hmm. uh, an economy where everyone feels good about what they what they've done and what they've received and what they've given, mm -hmm. which just drives more giving and more receiving. So yeah. So I want to do consulting and help brands and creators mm -hmm. build that kind of share economy. Sure. And then I also want to possibly start doing some coaching. Mm -hmm. And I will, for the beginning, probably do some channel management, mm -hmm. like I do for Bacon and How to Be a Great Game Master. Sure. And then, who knows, books, speaking, hit me up. <laughs> it's cool. the beginning. Options. We have the, all options the options are endless. Okay. Is the... Uh, let me get my wording right because I want to make sure I get the right question. The YouTube space, is it potentially ever going to be oversaturated? Is it already there? Or you, you alluded to it with the idea of this is an economy. So this is now a changing scape, a scope of the world. This is something that brands can use, exploit, take advantage of. Etc. but it's an effective medium. Anybody though, with a phone, with a camera, can make content. Uh, there's a signal and the noise type, uh, type question in there. But let's talk saturation and oversaturation. Are there too many out there? Uh, will it ever happen that way? What are your thoughts about that? Um, okay, firstly, YouTube is based on based on another uh, creator that I watches mm -hmm. research. YouTube's growth is declining a little bit, mm -hmm. but that's not to say YouTube is going down because the obviously it would decline as YouTube's exploded all over the world. Sure. So once you've reached everybody, you're mm -hmm. going to stop being able to reach anyone right. as YouTube itself. Yeah. So. I truly believe, and the fact that their growth is slowly declining, doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're not growing, just mm -hmm. means they're growing less than sure. last year, is YouTube will eventually be with everyone, for everyone, seen by everyone. Mm -hmm. Will there be saturation? I actually don't think so, mm -hmm. because there's so many different topics and people are so different. If you pick something that you're passionate about, mm -hmm. Someone will watch you. I do believe that there's not gonna, not everyone will make 10 million subscribers. Not everyone will make a thousand subscribers. But if you have 10 people who care about you and watch you every week, mm -hmm. that's 10 people who care about what you're doing. So if you do it for the passion and for that, 10 people's all you need. Why shouldn't you do it? What are, what are the reasons that are the wrong reasons? Um, I would think, in that same frame, if you're just doing it to be famous, mm -hmm. because it's very hard to get that. Because as you said, there's millions of channels and you can't be sure a million people are gonna watch you. So I would say if you're just doing it to be famous, because that also moves away from my collaborative economy mm -hmm. feeling, because you're just taking then. You're not sure. trying to give anything. Yeah. Also, I would say, if you're very sensitive, I would, I would, I would steer clear because, as you as you mentioned earlier, there are trolls, and the internet gives people a, 
a shield mm -hmm. where they think they can say anything and a layer anything, of anonymity. Yeah, anything to you and anything about you. Mm -hmm. So if you're extremely sensitive, I would also steer clear. Um, but yeah, so definitely wrong reasons is in my mind to be, for want of a better word, to be famous. Mm -hmm. If if fame comes along with it, that's awesome. But your first cause for being on there must be to deliver something, to give something. Mm -hmm. And whether you're giving people a glimpse into your life or you're giving people how-to tips on how to be better at YouTube, sure. whatever you're doing, you're giving something. Right. Yeah, does that answer your question? Kind of does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You mentioned and you alluded to some points when you were talking at the YouTube SSA um, with other YouTubers about things that they could be doing. Now, these are the services that you will be helping YouTubers, social media focused content creators. You'll be helping them refine these things and you'll be finding the right things for them. So let's talk at a broader, non-specific level. Yeah, tell me more about those things that these content creators can do. You mentioned influencer deals. What does that mean? Um, so, Everyone thinks there's only one way to make money on YouTube, mm -hmm. and that's through the ads. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Mm -hmm. um, and that's... Not, social vibe does not advocate. <laughs> no, no, I do not. No, I do not at all. Um, mm -hmm. So that's through ads. Sure. Uh, in reality, ads is ads is nice little income. Your nice ten cents here, your nice twenty cents there. Mm -hmm. That's not going to make you money. Mm -hmm. That's not why you should do it. Right. If you're if you're planning on making YouTube a business, mm -hmm. which, assumedly in my mind, a lot of the people at the YouTube SSA want to do, because also you put a lot of work into your content. Yep. So it's not unfair for you to want to try and make money from that time you spend. Right. So. The way there's various ways to do it and influencer deals is one of those and it's where brands give you some money or give you um things which mm -hmm. if you are a tech blogger tech vlogger if they give you tech you were going to spend the money on that tech anyway so right. you've inverted commas made that money yeah um to do reviews or to do videos about their product mm -hmm. because people don't watch ads anymore People want to hear from Les that what Les likes because I like I like your content, Les. I want to know what you think is great because I, you are I my think social you're proof. Great. Then it becomes a cycle. Yeah, okay. There you go, shared economy. Oh I think you're God. great, but you're oh, great, but, I but think you're, you're great. great. Uh, <laughs> please, uh, I've hit some insulin. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> so um, yeah, so influencer deals is one way. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of other ways. I also mm -hmm. do YouTube tips on my own channel, sure. which. Look, I don't keep anything a secret. I am doing a video on the 10 ways you can make money on YouTube. Right. Um, but at the same point, with my consulting or with my coaching or joining mm -hmm. my course, you'll get more in-depth, more step-by-step ways. Sure. On the videos, I'll share an overview, mm -hmm. overview ways. So There are plenty of avenues. There are there's plenty, plenty of, of avenues. It just takes a little bit of work. Right. Yeah. I think that's a cool point the expectation that you oh. can just sit in front of a camera, <laughs> spout your opinions, and if you do that regularly enough, these things will come. It's not that. You need to work your butt off. 
you do need, it does take work. And if you're clever about the work, it's, you need to work efficiently, not, mm-hmm. yes. not like a crazy person. Yep. So, I mean, if you want, if you don't want to do editing, YouTube mm-hmm. live is everything. Facebook live is everything. Mm-hmm. You can just shoot live video. Yep. You can have a fully live channel and never have anything that you've had to edit, sure. which is cool. But at the same time, you can't just talk about what you ate for lunch today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, unless you're a health blogger or unless you're a vegan cook or, you know, you need to find your niche and your why. Mm-hmm. So I, so basically in one sentence, people should watch my channel because mm-hmm. why? Yep. And if you find that, you can deliver content live without having to edit. You can just talk what's on your mind as long as you're always delivering your people should watch my channel because mm-hmm. why? Right. Because if you just, I mean, you, not everyone's going to be Casey Neistat. Not everyone's going to be Casper Lee. And also remember, we only watch what Casper Lee ate for lunch today because we've seen all his other content and we care about him. Right. If I were to do a video on what I ate for lunch today, no one cares because no one knows me and no one feels an affinity with sure. me. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Hmm. So it does take work. It takes more work than you think. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the work is very worthwhile. I mm-hmm. mean, is from it? bacon and that, mm-hmm. just from bacon, I've had people message us and say, you know, I've had a really awful week and watching your channel has brightened my day. And then I've had people from a video I released last week, mm-hmm. basically 10 things on 10 common mistakes new YouTubers make. And I said, one, comparing yourself to others and giving up. And I had two people message me, one who said, I deleted a video I made um, because I compared myself to others, but I'm gonna re-upload it. And someone else said, you know, I was thinking of giving up, but, mm-hmm. and that's, that is worth, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Worth so much. It sure. brings so much joy. To not sugarcoat it too much and talk the reality of it is the path of monetary recompense. Can you make a living? Is it viable to make a living as a YouTuber in South Africa? Yes. If you're... Co- <sighs> yes depending on a case-by-case basis. Sure. If your content is good, your content has to be good. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help you make money if you... But it's also just not enough to have good content. It's, it's not be. It's not enough. You can, I mean, as I said, I looked at some mm-hmm. of overseas channels that I like, and, mm-hmm. I, uh, and I think to myself, why are you still working a day job? Mm-hmm. Why are you still getting only 300 views on your video? Or right. why are you only getting 20 views on your video? Right. It is absolutely viable to make... Mm-hmm. And... Weirdly, in South Africa, it's probably the most viable because most of your money will be earned in dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. So, whereas if you were an American YouTuber, Mm -hmm. you're making one dollar, you're making one dollar. Right. You're a South African YouTuber, you're making one dollar, you're making 13 rand. Mm -hmm. So, it is viable, but you need to work and you need to work on your content. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. I think we've covered the topic. I think we've covered what Social Bud is about. Yeah. We've covered that you've met Bill Clinton in a hallway. <laughs> We've covered that uh, the tattoo, which I didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we've been comprehensive. People now have an understanding. Where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at the Social Bard. Mm-hmm. You can also find me on Facebook under the same thing, mm-hmm. as well as YouTube, The Social Bard. Mm-hmm. I release videos every Wednesday with tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. And you can also find me on my website, so www.thesocialbard.co.za or mm-hmm. .com. Mm-hmm. So pick your flavor. And your services are not limited to South Africa because this is the digital economy. So you can easily help brands that are overseas. Indeed. and. Um, with those fantastic currency exchanges. Yeah, with the, yeah so you, <laughs> if you're overseas, you will probably get it at a steal. Sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Which I shouldn't probably say. No, overseas clients, we will discuss free. No, no, no. Your, your, your services are always at a premium. <laughs> Carla Harris, this is Release the Geek. We like to finish off every episode with a piece of advice, a pull of wisdom from our guest. Some lesson that they've learned, some advice that they could give to people Uh, who might be listening to the podcast, who might need a bit of impetus, a bit of inspiration to maybe get out there and start living their best geek life, which is very Oprah. Uh, What would be your pearl of wisdom that you would drop to anybody listening? Um, Because I do have a tattoo on me, it would legitimately (laughs) be Mm -hmm. don't stop believing and make friends. Franco, I don't know how our licensing rights are for that song, but well, maybe we could have a... Well, I can don't stop believing. <laughs> I just want the piano intro just to lead us out right uh. now. But, yeah. Maybe if we get somebody to fake it, do it slightly different key. Oh, it didn't work for Sam Smith, but anyway. Hey, what can you do? So don't stop. So just, just, just imagine yeah. it's playing in your mind. Mm-hmm. Now we have to go do karaoke. We do, we do. Carla Harris, thank you so much for your time. Liz, thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. That was Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. What the chain of command is, it's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in rut and command here. To contact the show, you can email us at releasethegeek, one word, at geekxp.co.za. Thanks for listening. I'll be back.